Welcome to the Thinking Church podcast with me, Chris Bright. Every week, I'll be speaking with a church leader about ministry strategy and getting to grips with not just what they do, but the thinking behind why they do it. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Well, my guest today is Justin Briley. Justin is the Theology and Apologetics Editor at Premier and and presents the podcast Unbelievable and has interviewed such guests as uh, Bishop Robert Barron, Douglas Murray, Jordan Peterson, Sir Roger Penrose, Dave Rubin, John Lennox and Darren Brown, to name but actually just a really tiny few. Uh, Justin also hosts the uh, Ask N.T. Wright Anything podcast. Uh, where Justin gets the uh, uh, the listening audience to ask Tom Wright all sorts of interesting questions about theology and life and uh, Christian living. Uh, Justin is also a TikTok sensation, which I found out, and has a whopping 253,000 followers on that channel. Uh, I started the Thinking Church TikTok channel two weeks ago. We have seven followers, and uh, we're coming uh, we're coming for you, uh, Justin. That's, uh, <laughs> that's the best thing I can say. <laughs> Justin, it's so great to uh, to have you on on the show well, today. Thank you very much, Chris. And I, I will happily become your eighth follower. I'll go and I'll go and look up Thinking Church and uh, and give give you a shout out. Amazing. Thank you so much. And it's worth saying, if you're if you're watching this on video, um, for some reason, my face is squashed. And I can't work out why. Uh, I've tried changing the video, we've tried restarting it all again. But for some reason, I'm squashed. So you're going to have to forgive me. It's for, that new uh, diet you've been on, Chris. Yeah, maybe doing, that's... Doing wonders for you. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> Amazing. Well, um, well, today we're going to dive into some questions. And just really want to talk about some things that have been on my mind, thinking about how we can dive into things uh, in in the church and asking some of the, the really big questions uh, and so that's Justin that's why I really wanted to speak with you today because I think you've got a lot to uh, really help me help our, our audience with as, as well so uh, okay let's let's go for it well Justin you talk uh, with a lot of skeptics uh, and many of those uh, skeptics that come on your show they often started out life as Christians, which I was really interested to find out. A lot of the shows I've listened to, they started out as Christians, but since moved away from the faith and often being in the kind of teenage years, they, they, they moved away. Uh, what, what do you think has contributed to church failing people tackling life's deepest questions? Because mm. it seems like that was always one of those things that uh, their faith or how they grew up in their faith never helped them answer those kind of questions. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the roots of it are very often in the the formative years, um, and so you're right. An awful lot of skeptics uh, who kind of talk about it, who kind of have a platform, if you like, have have had some background in the the Christian church, and um, and yeah, I, I think that the, the reasons can be varied as as to why people ultimately move away. And I'm not saying that this is uh, true of everyone, but but what I do quite frequently find is is that very often people have kind of grown out of a specific version of faith that they were presented as almost the only option, I think, when they were growing up, maybe. So it might have been some quite rigid, dogmatic, fundamentalist kind of perspective where, you know, if you question this aspect of our understanding of the Bible, maybe six day creationism or some particular view of scripture or whatever, you're, you know, you're, you, you can't be a Christian essentially. And, and, and it's rather sad when people, maybe come to a realization that they can't hold that together intellectually and they kind of make the decision to jettison faith altogether to leave the church altogether and and uh, and so lots of the ex-christian deconvert type stories i've found have been that sort of thing where some sort of supposedly 
you know, unquestionable aspect or doctrine of Christian faith has been questioned, you know, and they haven't been able to reconcile it and they've sort of decided to leave. I think it's really sad because um, what I think just uh, churches, the way churches fail young people in that way is they, they don't allow or they haven't in the past at least allowed space for questions, for doubts, um, to present more of a the variety of Christian perspective that exists on many issues. Um, if 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 they're presented only as as this is the only option, and we're not even going to talk about the other ways other Christians historically, you know, have viewed things, then I think inevitably in the age of the internet, you can't any longer expect young people to sort of just sort of accept what the leader says and you know and that's the end of it sort of thing um i think that is changing in lots of churches i think there's a much more of an openness to the fact that um yes churches may have specific views on specific topics but that actually they're aware that that you know young people are going to bump into skepticism or simply alternative views in all kinds of different ways and so i do see a lot of um good change uh in a lot of churches where they're now opening it up helping young people think through ask questions giving room for doubt uh so that those questions can be worked through in a kind of healthy way rather than it being sort of something that's stuffed down or they're told that they have to you know not think about or um or being given you know simply bad answers to some of the questions that they're they're, they're asking um, and that can lead to a crisis of faith, you know, but I think if um, if we're open about the realities, about the questions, about the doubts, uh, if we take the time to work, to wisely help people walk through those issues, it can actually be really good for people's faith, not rather than a destructive thing. It can be a really constructive thing. It can really help in the long run. And in its own small way, my hope is that the show is doing that. Sometimes I think the show comes along almost too late for some people. They've kind of been on their journey. They've kind of decided, no, I'm, I'm out of it. I'm not not involved anymore. But there are those for whom it has actually really helped them because they've been some way along that journey. And, and the show has actually opened up that, okay, there are other ways to think about this. There are good answers to this. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's definitely part of the picture. Yeah, I remember when I, uh, when I was in, in my mid-20s. I'm not in my mid-20s anymore <laughs> um, but I remember in my mid-20s I started listening to uh, William Lane Craig's Defenders class and mm. um, he presented about six-day creation or actually just presented about creation and then the various views around Christendom that mm. there were and it just blew my mind because I grew up you know very strongly uh, in one view of mm. of you know this is how the world you know this is how the bible teaches about where the world came from mm. very strongly that way but for me, it was like you said, it was a it was a releasing thing, not releasing in terms of, oh, great. You know, you, it, we can we can do what we like and make scripture do what, what, what we want. It was nothing like that. It was very you felt like the, the world opened up a bit more and it became more open. You felt like you were growing in your faith rather than mm. uh, trying to sort of dogmatically hold to mm. to something which you were struggling to work out in the face of mm. um, certain different areas of life. I guess maybe that gets me on some thoughts of of the areas uh, you know maybe like for me it was it was looking at creation and those kind of things but what are the areas of the big questions those big topics maybe there's like a top five or something but what are the the, the top five that as a church you think okay we need to start addressing and these are the things that people are really thinking through these are the topics that we need to be focusing on yeah um again it, it will vary depending on the context of the church and and what you know the immediate sort of questions and you know issues are that they're facing maybe in their local 
context. But I'd say sort of in the West generally, and um, for many churches and the Christians who are coming along to their churches, um, you know, one of the key issues inevitably is, is LGBT. You know, that's that's a kind of key area where frequently the church is butting heads with the culture and um, there may be, you know, lots of different views represented even within a church on that and the church itself, you know, uh, may have a kind of perspective on that. But if it's never, um, if it's only ever sort of there as a kind of, well, this is the way we think about it, but never kind of opened up, discussed, given a rationale, um, then then I think that can be a problem. You know, that, that can definitely be a place in which um, Christians feel like I, I'm out of, I don't have a, you know, a good reason, uh, or I can't see a good reason why my church takes this perspective when everyone around me takes a different one. So I think being honest and kind of opening up those conversations and, and sort of not ducking them um, is, is important if, if you take a perspective on something like that um, as a church. But um, there are all kinds of other, you know, key issues that, that inevitably Christians come up against, um, the problem of suffering. Uh, is is a key one you know that comes up in all kinds of different ways for christians i think it's important that churches deal with that help you know people to think through that um talk through it uh at an intellectual level at an emotional level i think um and, and i think you know again depending on circumstance um the way we understand creation evolution may be a significant issue um especially if uh, a church has taught a very sort of specific you know type of creationism or something like that and I'm, I'm not saying churches shouldn't necessarily hold to their convictions on that front but um i think if it's not done in a kind of helpful way that helps people to engage questions and, and sort of an open-ended sort of way that that can as well be be quite difficult um and yeah and beyond that there are there are sort of all kinds of issues you know that i've encountered that you know christians sort of struggle with um the issue of salvation hell that kind of thing you know that's a, an area where i would say my perspective has changed over the years on that kind of issue um the uh the the question of um kind of other religions um the the question of you know uh how christians should engage culturally politically socially uh th those are all kind of really important ones that they'll come out in different ways in different in different sort of scenarios but i think churches that aren't sort of um helping their people to think through those sorts of issues um, mean that people will either become sort of disengaged or they'll kind of just think, well, church is just something that speaks to this one bit of my life or this one hour on a Sunday uh, and not see that actually it's it's equipping them to walk, you know, across the whole of their life through the whole of the week. And and so for me, you know, that's a big ask for church leaders. You know, that's that's huge in in many ways. But I think in the age we live in we we have to have a kind of holistic sort of approach where we actually do encourage people to think through and engage those those big issues in that way yeah i guess there's a there can be a a fear in churches to uh you know put your head above the parapet as it were to to say this is what we believe but i wonder if do churches have a problem in how we present what we believe because i mean you talk in a very conversational format you'll have mm. you know one view and then the opposing mm. view mm. as well um that often doesn't happen in a church format it's obviously normally one person speaking um is there a problem with how we present what we believe do you think i think there is in in in, in as much as um you know 
the church model has for so long been a kind of top down, you know, preacher at the front, lots of people listening. Um, it, it's a very kind of one way kind of way of delivering information, isn't it? And uh, it's very hard to get out of that mold in a way still exists you know lots of people turn up for lectures and ted talks and that kind of thing but we are living in an age uh, certainly my kids you know go to when they're at school that it, it's very rare for them to get their information only delivered in that way there'll be sort of some kind of discussion element there'll be other ways in which they're engaging the material you know there'll be people who are learning in different sort of you know prefer audio visual whatever um and so i think i think there's a lot for churches to learn in that way i think the reason so many people have you know the podcast stuff has has exploded is there's a kind of open access um way you know it, it, whereas there used to be these gatekeepers of media and so you you could only get your news sources through the bbc or the kind of traditional broadcast media or print media now there's a sort of flood of you know lots of independent content producers and you know anyone can pick up a you know get online and start a podcast and who knows you know they could be the next whoever jordan peterson or whatever but there's this lots of sort of um opportunities and there's a kind of uh kind of it's democratized to some extent the way people share and receive information there's an expectation that i will be able to have some input um you know i will be able to comment on this person i'll be able to send them questions i'll be able to discuss it somewhere and so all of that, I think, um, has to be taken on board. That doesn't mean we change the way we do church, you know, wholesale, but but just the awareness that that people's expectations about the way they take in information and, and their expectations around the fact that they maybe are going to hear alternative perspectives and, uh, and that kind of thing. Uh, I think that all needs to be taken on board by churches because otherwise it will feel like churches are simply you know still essentially wedded to a model that hasn't really existed for the last 30 years in that way mm. yeah i think it's interesting i think there's it feels like with how media has changed and how we consume media it means that nowadays people are you know when you go to listen to something or watch something, you listen to a podcast it's very much like like we're talking now it's often conversational mm -hmm. and so listening to a lecture is actually uh only a very small part mm. of your life you know it's maybe a few yeah. years at university and it's most people don't consume media in that that way any, anymore mm. and so mm. i think it's it is interesting it's an interesting conundrum i think for the church i don't think it it, it takes away from the need for for preaching and you know having yeah. that that medium of one person speaking to a, mm. a congregation but i do think that there's probably some variety that i think that the church probably can I, have yeah and and it can be simple as sort of replacing a, a sermon format potentially with with a conversational format um or you know and if the, the the minister is really brave you know maybe even there's some kind of q a element to to a sermon or whatever um and i think that engages people at a slightly different level if they see a, a to and fro um it, it's it's kind of um you're you're engaging something in a way in the way that you normally engage in things you normally most of our life is spent more in a dialogue sort of fashion with people we don't it's only almost at church or in some other scenarios where we literally sit down and just listen to someone talk to us for 20 minutes. Um, and, and so I think, I think that, you know, just you, speakers, preachers, ministers may just find it valuable actually that actually, Hey, it turns out the stuff kind of goes in more <laughs> when, when I adopt a different way of putting the information across. Um, and, and, and I think that can be, that can be really helpful. Um, and certainly we've done, 
at our church show, I'm married to uh, Lucy, who's the minister of, of the church that I'm part of. And um, we've, um, when we've done sort of big questions type series, you know, where we've had people send in questions and we've tried to answer them, we've often done a kind of tag team kind of preaching thing. And so it's more like a conversation between us. It's a little bit of a scripted one, but it's it kind of delivers the, the same information you could have just put in a kind of lectures type sermon but actually it, it actually comes across in a very different way in that way. And, 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 uh, you know, the feedback we had was, was very good to, the, to that way of delivering it. No, oh, that's absolutely fantastic. Really, really fascinating to hear. And I think, I think there'll be more churches that adopt that uh, as, as the years go by, I, I really think. Um, it's been, it's been interesting, you know, when you're looking at church trends and you're seeing how, you know, the church has been declining for, you know, decades now, uh, but interestingly, you know, as of recently, there's been this kind of resurgence of people investigating faith, uh, especially looking at the Bible. And one person was was the, the, uh, that comes to mind is someone that you mentioned just earlier, which is uh, Jordan Peterson, who you had on, on, on your show. Mm. And now he's not outspokenly Christian in that sense. He certainly has some uh, Christian ethics that he works to. Uh, but he does teach extensively from the Bible and mm. he does a tour and thousands come to listen to him mm. speak and thousands will listen to his, his, his podcast where he's having conversations. And, um, and so I'm wondering what these kind of new thinkers like the Jordan Petersons mm. of this world, mm -hmm. what are they doing that the church are missing, especially when they're yeah. talking about the Bible? Yeah. Well, I think, I think it is partly because it is very conversational and, and in fact, I, so the very first episode of um, that I had Jordan Peterson on was was of a special series from Unbelievable called The Big Conversation, um, which has been created in partnership with the John Templeton Foundation. And and over the the seasons, we're we've just aired our third season. We've we've featured a number of these, yes, new thinkers. It might be one way of describing them. They're kind of secular, but they're they're kind of more open than a previous generation of the the new atheists were to the value of christianity so in this last season we featured people like douglas murray in conversation with nt wright uh, douglas murray being a kind of as he calls himself christian atheist so he's a you know very influential cultural commentator um more on the conservative side obviously but he's he sees the value of christianity even though he's an atheist, he sort of um, he regrets that we're losing uh, a kind of a Christian ethos to this country. He, he yeah, to the West generally, uh, he sees the way that culture in many ways is imploding because there is no shared narrative, no shared story that kind of people can live by. Um, and and likewise, you know, uh, when I've featured other similar thinkers along those lines, um, people like Dave Rubin, Tom Holland, and others, there, there's this kind of really interesting um perspective that's developing that we um you know a lot of these people talking about christianity and saying actually we uh we we we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater or the new atheist did um because we suddenly realize we are intrinsically religious we're meaning seeking creatures and in the absence of the judeo-christian narrative that framed most people's lives uh for you know millennia literally um we're suddenly left kind of drifting in in a kind of make your own meaning kind of world and people can't cope with that you know i think I, i'm actually writing a book on this very subject i think it's a a significant part of what is behind you know the rise in anxiety mental health issues it's linked to obviously the technology and social media and everything else but there's a sense that you um now that we live in a culture where you basically have to make your own meaning 
uh, people really struggle with that because we're not we're, we're kind of we're not really made to just work that out for ourselves it, we've all and 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 so there's there's just some really interesting conversations there and I think why people like Peterson have become so popular is they have um I think I think you know they've, they've managed to do something which is uh take the questions that the church should have been addressing and ask them in a different way a fresh mode and suddenly it's kind of so many people are like whoa that that's he's put his finger on this kind of itch you know that i've been feeling um why why am you know why haven't i been happy why why can't don't i feel like my life has purpose or meaning why what is and um and for whatever reason as someone like peterson or these others they they are finding this audience and they're basically yeah peterson has sort of said oh turns out the answers are all here in the bible now now he has his particular kind of psychological spin on it um but it's very interesting. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Nobel Prize to whoever can work out exactly what Jordan Peterson does believe about God. But the 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 point is, he's he's obviously on some kind of journey, come quite significant journey, where where he's really wrestling with this whole question, and and he sees that there is a kind of there's there's a way that we are made to be, and there's a way that the person of Jesus Christ, very specifically is in some way the preeminent example of how you join, you know, who we are with the nature of reality. Um, and, you know, he's been exploring that in all kinds of different ways through conversations, through lectures and everything else. I, I think part of the appeal as well is, is almost that he doesn't have all the answers. And that, I think sometimes that's the problem with churches is they kind of present it in a very kind of, here's my 20 minutes. And by the end of this, I'll have told you exactly what life is all about. Peterson, you know, he, 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 it's, it's, it's kind of like, um, he's got all these interesting stories and facts and, you know, uh, and it, conversations, but you get the sense he's still working it out. And I think that's part of the excitement of the people who follow him is that they feel like, no, the, this guy, um, isn't just telling me what to believe. He's kind of sort of in the process and he, you know, and he gets very emotional about it and he's sort of, you can see it matters to him and that he's passionate about this. And, and I think sometimes that's what's missing in our churches is it's a bit too, um, it's, it's a, it's a little bit too contrived or kind of, you know, all prepackaged and neatly wrapped up. And, and I think what you get is, is a kind of bit more of a raw, someone who's still processing it for themselves with Peterson. And, and that's somehow immensely attractive actually to the people who follow him. And, I'm sure there's a lesson in there for for you know churches and church leaders to to learn from because you know yeah I, I can imagine many church leaders would love to see their auditoriums packed out with people coming to listen to you know them going on for an hour about you know the Cain and Abel story or something doesn't happen very often but um it it does for Jordan Peterson so yeah I think I think there's some really interesting lessons there yeah I think it's the, there's a, a lot of those um those kind of new thinkers you mentioned Douglas Murray as well and uh, Tom Holland's obviously not Spider-Man Tom Holland but <laughs> the historian uh, which is the the funny uh, link is whenever I talk about Tom Holland I always think about the uh, historian before mm. I think about Spider-Man <laughs> so do <laughs> and then, I yeah yeah and, and when I mention him everyone thinks I'm talking about Spider-Man yeah. and, and he uh, frequently gets confused for, for Spider-Man on social media in fact he, he he groans every time a new Spider-Man movie comes out because suddenly he knows he's going to get a whole lot of at mentions of people you know yes. thinking he's um you know that the other tom holland well he's one that that fascinates me so much when thinking about you know the 
how he thinks about life and, and Christianity. And um, there's one of the things I'm sure it was on your show that he said that he says he describes himself as in every way Christian. And he himself is not actually a Christian, mm. but he recognizes that the very bedrock of society that he's he's on is a is a there's Christian morality all the way through it. And mm. and I think there's a, this this interesting point that maybe this maybe something that we're missing. I feel like is recognizing that the very fabric and the institutions that we we love and the reasons that they were created were created on the bedrock of mm. um of mm. christianity and the christian worldview and uh, it's even something that that peterson talks about and he will say that he'll deny that the new atheists are really atheists at all because of how they live and yeah. he said, if you're really atheist you wouldn't actually live like that mm. and um mm. I, I like that i think there's some there's a strength that we can draw on from that even though they're completely different thinkers they're you know they're they're coming from the kind of secular world but they've they've got their finger on something to say hold on this christianity thing is it's not just something that's seemingly dying no no it's the very bedrock bedrock that you stand on mm. and mm. and and if you if you reject it which i think is is definitely what it is you do when you when you have a bedrock of christianity you can't you, you can't just uh say oh i'm not going to believe that anymore it's, or you you have to fully reject it i think because you're fully yeah there, there's this, a sense of which... well thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast this is only halfway through the podcast and you can listen to the full conversation by joining our members podcast. Just go to our website www.thinking.church and you can sign up to our members podcast there. It only costs the price of one coffee per month so it's well worth doing. So why not get a coffee, listen to the podcast and learn something new. We'll see you again for this podcast next week. So bye for now.